On this episode of Comedy Rewind, is Shanghai Noon more than just rush hour in the Wild West? Is this movie the beginning of Owen Wilson's great run of 2000s comedies? Why hasn't the world provided anything close to a Jackie Chan successor? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, a genuine Texas cowboy, we've got Logan Wilkinson from that nerdy site. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm a better cowboy than the Texan shown in this film, I will say. Less villainous, I hope, certainly. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm excited to be here. Well, Owen Wilson's a Texan. I don't know if... That's true. That's really... That's, that's, that's canonical that's, in the yeah, film. It's, I don't think it makes its way into the movie because he's kind of like, ah, Texans. Like, what are yeah. you doing with the Texans? But yeah, he, does, does he have a Texan accent? I don't know. You live there, so you tell me. Not really. I mean, I think Owen Wilson to me has always identified more with like a California, like surfery mm. kind of vibe than a, a Texas cowboy, I think. Yeah. He, so he's either a really good actor or he's lost his accent, I guess. Yeah. We are talking about 2000 martial arts western comedy film Shanghai Noon. I don't know if there's any other martial arts westerns out there that come, to, come to mind. Comedies. Yeah, it's a very niche genre. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, I was very happy to to rewatch this, especially with you, Logan. You've become our western comedy uh, expert after City there Slickers. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like you moved. To, to Texas so that you could be the, the, the Just Western so could be expert. Just the guest. Oh, lock yeah. it down. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it is uh, Thanksgiving weekend for you. So thanks for coming on the mm-hmm. show. And uh, I guess we could say there's, there's, there's kind of some tie-ins to Thanksgiving. We have like the Native Americans. I guess that's part of the Thanksgiving that's story. Uh, and it's what I said to you, what's more American than uh, a Chinaman in the Wild West? Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> I think. So what what is it about Shanghai Noon that made you want to revisit this? Yeah, I mean, Shanghai Noon is one of my favorite comedies. Um, I actually really love this movie. Uh, it was a it was a great unknown, I think, uh, request to have me on. I actually really love the film. Um, this and its equally excellent sequel, Shanghai Nights, it's also very very good. Um, so I think. It's partially a mixture of the fact that I'm a humongous Jackie Chan fan. Mm-hmm. I love Jackie Chan. Um, and I think this was such like a interesting nexus point for him of like when he truly crossed over and became like a huge star in the West with this and Rush Hour before it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's fun to see him interact with Owen Wilson and their chemistry I think is so good, uh, both in this and Shanghai Nights. I also think Owen Wilson's just charming, right? Like I've been watching yeah. uh, a lot of clips of Wedding Crashers lately on my like on YouTube. Owen Wilson's just fun. Like he's a fun guy. Like he doesn't take himself too seriously. I think he always just enjoys his roles, and like that, I think shines through here. Yeah, he had a really good run starting around two thousand. It was like yeah, a few. He played to the second banana a few times. Like he was in Meet the Parents as like mm-hmm. a supporting character. He was in Zoolander the next year, obviously, yeah. as not the lead, but it's like the 1B lead, I guess. To My favorite comedy of the era. To uh, 
to Ben Stiller. So, you know, he was starting to to make a bit more of a name for himself, and I think this definitely helped. Um, so it was, yeah, really cool to to revisit this, see him in his prime almost, like he was thirty one, thirty two years old when this came out, and really like this movie to me, it, as I was rewatching, I was like, this is basically. Rush Hour as a Western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. even the plot yeah. is very similar. You've got a guy that comes over, you know, from China uh, or Hong Kong, I'm, I'm not sure, I can't remember, with, with Rush Hour. And he's in America, he's a fish out of water, and he he's the local guy. So, it's either Chris Tucker or it's Owen Wilson, who's like the kind of like quip, you know, quick thinking, like less skilled but street smart kind of partner that, that he reluctantly has to join with to save a kidnapped daughter of, of someone important so it's very similar to rush hour and i'm fine with that like totally <laughs> i think rush hour is a little bit better and i said it with all the love i'm gonna have for shanghai noon in the next like hour here um but Shanghai Noon is so good, and like Shanghai, it's such a good period for Jackie Chan, man. You don't, you guys don't, you weren't there, man. You didn't get it. Um, yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah. His run that he's gonna have until like the tuxedo probably um, is like the first yep. big falter point, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I sit here trying to remember. Obviously, he had a, a huge career in the East before he came to Hollywood, mm-hmm. but. I can't really think of anything and tell me where I'm, what I'm forgetting, but outside of the Rush Hour and Shanghai movies, what did he do that was that really worked? Oh, uh, Rumble in the Bronx, which is, I guess, sort of like an in-between yeah. East and West one, right? That was like his first huge breakout one. Um, the Tuxedo, I mean, it didn't really work. I mean, shout to Jennifer Love Hewitt, I guess, but like it wasn't really it. <laughs> um and then he, I think that was kind of the point where he started having like this weird period of being in movies that weren't that great because I think they didn't utilize his stunts talents yeah. fully. Yeah, stunts fully, right? And there are a lot of really good um, like video essays on YouTube talking about like the different ways that they frame his fighting in like Eastern cinema versus Western right. ones, and Western ones utilize way more cut in, so it kind of interrupts the flow of everything um but i mean i'm looking at like his filmography right now like karate kid is still great right he takes on kind of that older mentor role even if jaden smith is no ralph macchio but who is (laughs) um right that one's fine a lot of voice acting lately yeah jackie chan adventures which again shout to that cartoon it's excellent um don't let any of the haters tell you otherwise accidental spies okay Around the World in 80 Days is, like, one that, like, there gets a lot of hate, but, like, I actually really like Around the World in 80 Days, I will say. Um, so, that's what I'll say. And then that's sort of, I think, where it starts to... Yeah, because Rush Hour 3 is not good. Um, yeah, Kung Fu Panda, like you said, then we're kind of getting into more of the voice acting stuff. Yeah, I mean, a man's got to slow down at some point, especially sure. when it's such a physical performance for, for someone like him. One thing that that came more recently is the movie that he's in with Pierce Brosnan. Um, okay. I think The Foreigner is excellent. And it's like a way more dramatic performance for him. Um, but it is very, very good. Like, that is a great mm-hmm. Jackie Chan. Like, I am an actor performance, I think. I'll have to check that out. We've got, we'll have got we get a bit 
into that late uh, later with what have you done for me lately? But um, for now, like, do you have memories of first seeing this movie? Like, what do you recall from uh, your experiences over the years with with Shanghai Noon? Because for me, it was I think I went to it at the movies. Definitely. Mm-hmm enjoyed it knowing like rush hour before it and feeling like it was and like more of that kind of shtick the Mm. the the mixture of kung fu and comedy which is pretty winning formula that doesn't really get used as much anymore um which is a bit of a shame that there hasn't really been like a successor to to jackie i had the same thing the same thought when watching this and in particular like the bar fight scene of just how much martial arts just kind of like consumed it felt like you know hollywood for like a 10 to 15 year stretch there from like the early 90s into like 2005 and then basically that era ended and they were just like well we're done with that i guess Hmm. uh and we haven't really gotten like that many great martial arts kind of things in film since then there are some exceptions obviously but for the most part, Hollywood's kind of retreated from using that as both a gimmick or an actual plot device. Yeah, I guess they tend to go more towards the like Jason Bourne, bigger kind of fighting special effects kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, the Jason Bourne thing. But even like as far as it comes, like mixing comedy with it, it'll mm-hmm. be more of like the, the Rock. Yeah, the the physical stunts that someone like The Rock can do, or Vin Diesel, or whoever it is. Like, it's it's gonna be. More based around yeah special effects and being on wires and explosions and that Fast and the Furious kind of style thing rather than just Jackie Chan and a, a leather jacket and what can he do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's interesting though to the to the question. I don't know if I ever watched Shanghai Noon in a movie theater, right? Like this was the era where you know me and my childhood best friend Brandon would every like Friday night or technically I think it was every Thursday night. Cause they were like discounted. We would go to the local diamond video movie store um, and rent them basically and watch and just say that like have like, you know, stay the night at his house for like a weekend and just watch like movies and movies and movies um, on like his TV and his bedroom uh, and like Nixon, Missouri out there. And so this is where I watched like all the Austin powers films, the Shanghai noon, Shanghai nights films, rush hour films all watched there and I didn't really watch any of the movie theaters, right? That was our own, like, personal movie theater. Um, right. And so that's what I remember the most, is watching that movie endlessly from just renting it again and again from the local Diamond Video. Okay. Um, well, let's move in to the part where you guess the Rotten Tomatoes score for Shanghai Noon. I'm going to say 71%. 79 very close. Okay, Good guess, absolutely. Though. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I'm just looking at the page here now. Um, here's a comment from the San Francisco Chronicle. This is almost Mel Brooks territory. The frontiersmen think the Chinese are Jews, while the white settlers think it's the Sioux who are. Is that how you pronounce that tribe? S-I-O-U-X? Yeah, yeah the Sioux. You nailed it. This is equal opportunity nuttiness and there's a method to it. Um, interesting take, yeah. There is um, some very tongue-in-cheek 
moments in this film that do almost border on that like spoof of westerns with like even yep. like his name being Chon Wang instead of John Wayne. Very good. <laughs> like, I love it. I, a few oh, little things favorite, like that. We'll get to that in a minute, but that's one of my yeah. favorite gags in the film. Yeah. Uh, so it was filmed for fifty-five million and made ninety-nine million. So that's quite uh, quite a hit for. I'm mm-hmm. guessing, you know, a lot of that would have gone into special effects um, and that. Well, not special effects, but the stunt choreography. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, would do you think Jackie Chan would be pulling in like double, like seven figures at the time? Yes. Yeah. yeah. This mm-hmm. is after Rush Hour. Rush Hour Two is going to happen the yeah, next year. True. Like, this is like peak Jackie Chan era for Hollywood. All right, so back then we're thinking that number one song when the movie released. Any guesses? It was May it's 2000. 2000, yes. And I'll, <laughs> uh, the hint I'll give is that it was on top for 10 weeks, this song. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, my based off of that, I'm going to go with something from NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Mm. Not the worst guess, but it was uh, Santana with Maria Maria. Oh, so maybe you would have guessed that. Yeah, maybe hasn't like stood the the test of of time as far as relevance but um 10 weeks it knocked off destiny's child say my name damn and never okay. looked never looked back yeah my secondary guess would have been um who let the dogs out that was later that year so yeah, yeah so anything shrek anything shrek too, yeah. based would have been a good guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, what have you done for me lately? So Owen Wilson had a great turn in uh, Loki. We are obviously fans mm-hmm. of that performance. Great to see him playing more of a, I guess, more of a serious, grounded role yeah. that's not going for laughs necessarily. But he's just always funny, even when he's not trying, I think. A guy like Owen Wilson. Owen Jackie Wilson. Chan, we mentioned, has moved more into voice roles. I guess being probably... He'd have to be like late 60s early 70s at this point you'd think right he's not 70s yet but he's definitely in his 60s yeah too too old to be jumping off buildings i imagine but i'm sure he's still doing it to some extent because he's doing a lot of chinese funded films um Mm -hmm. still working some of them come out here like i think there's one on amazon prime that that he released recently but not making big waves unless you're like hardcore jackie fan yeah. Jackie Chan Always. fan, <laughs> then you probably don't know about them. And as well, like when they're funded by Chinese version of Hollywood, I don't know if it's the Chinese <laughs> government or whatever, but um, it's probably skewed more towards that audience. Um, so again, probably not making like huge cinema releases and, and that kind of thing. I think the last big one in Hollywood was The Foreigner, which is yeah. a great film. There you go. Uh, Lucy Liu, who we haven't even talked about yet. She was huge back Fantastic. then. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. She, it was like Ali McBeal. And then yep. after this, it, or Charlie's around the Angels. same time, it was Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. had she had a great run there. She's still working a lot. She's been cast as Calypso in the Shazam sequel, which shouldn't Ooh. be too far away, I, I think. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But I, I like Shazam, so I'll be curious to see what they do with I know she was on uh, Elementary, the like American Sherlock Holmes show for like years. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, Never watched it. But... Roger Wan, who plays the villain in this movie, mm-hmm. he's had a great career. Like, he hasn't stopped working. Even just in the last few years, I wrote down he was in Venom, probably just as a, a stunt man or a grunt, but mm-hmm. on, on camera. 
He was in Mulan, the Disney, the live action Mulan. Uh, John Wick 3, same thing. Like oh. probably one of the random goons. But recently, June, like out, still out of the movies now, he plays Lieutenant Landfill. I haven't seen it, but he's got a named character, so he must have some kind of... <laughs> Some kind of sub- substantial role there. The last guy that I'll mention is Walton Goggins. Not a household, yeah. not a household name to me, at least. No, <laughs> but, you're mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Wallace uh, yeah. in this, which we'll get to later. <laughs> um, but he was recently um, Cecil Stedman on Invincible, uh, the animated series on Amazon Prime, which. I had no idea about, but that's that's a pretty big role there for a pretty big series. So good on him. He's still working. He's still, still doing also it. in Justified, um, and he is fantastic. He's so good. Um, Great name too, Goggins. 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 All right, uh, Logan. What's the most two thousands moment of Shanghai Noon? That's a great question. There are a lot of moments where I'm like, I don't know if that would be in a movie nowadays. Um, <laughs> for good reasons or bad reasons? For both, maybe, right? right? Like Again, like a lot of the martial arts you could argue wouldn't be in a movie nowadays. And then there is stuff like that I don't think is bad, but like I don't know if the, you know, when the settlers are watching like a, you know, Imperial Guards practice fighting and they go, that's not like any, any I've ever seen Indians are Jews. Like, I don't know if that's going to be in a movie nowadays. Um, I still think it works for whatever works. I think that, like, that guy's very, like, earnest, like, no, like, I like them. He's just even ignorant, he's yeah. Totally, yeah, I think it's totally funny and, like, actually, like, it works. Um, he's also very respectful because at the end, doesn't he Yeah, say, like, he, like, like actually, like, earnestly seems yeah. to, like, really, yeah, like, be into it, like, really likes it. Um, so, like, I liked that. Like, I think a lot of those kind of bits I don't know about. Um, but I think on the whole, the movie's actually aged really well. Like maybe the most 2000 thing is the not great CGI clip when he has to like jump from train to train car. Um, I didn't and even he notice. Jumps yeah. And it like pushes him forward, like an extra, like five feet to like make okay. him make the jump. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise I think it actually holds up pretty good. Yeah. The thing that I wrote down was just kid rock. Like that song cowboy uh, was cowboy sure. was massive um in yeah. that era and it's also like that's a good one. For, for this movie it has like quite a lot of modern music in it mm-hmm. which kind of i don't know if that's like a 2000s thing to do but it's an interesting choice because there is like a, a, a inherently sc- dates it well yeah but there's also a score to the movie like there's a great <laughs> like western kind of like dun 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 you know that kind of like yeah music with the trumpets and, and everything it's very city slickers in that sense, which I guess is it's just like it's just the Western type of um, G up, let's go kind of instrumentation. But then you have this pop song thrown in there, Kid Rock, and a couple other ones like it. So that 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 you know, it's a montage as well, which helps it. Um, and the the breaks in the montage where Owen Wilson's like chatting up Jackie Chan's character's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was that was fun. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. That was very. That was fun, uh, and it felt yeah. like a very two thousands thing to, to use that song. Uh, most iconic scene. What did you have for this? So many. I like. I <laughs> this is where I, I this is where I think Shanghai Noon holds up the best. Is like it is so good. Just like as a series of like 
one shot like almost like sketches um so like i think the scene of him teaching jackie chan's character how to shoot and be a cowboy with it cutting back to him talking to his wife is so funny that it gets me every time i love that sequence um i think the barroom fight scene is really good um and like a classic of what jackie chan can do so well Mm. um my personal favorite scene in the movie has always been the same since i first watched it to now i think it still holds up the best which is jackie chan and owen wilson and the bathtubs next to each other (laughs) playing the drinking game yeah is i think the single funniest thing in the whole movie it's so good it's so delirious and unhinged and great and there's so much packed into like those few minutes, but it works so well. Yeah, that's a great scene for for many reasons. There's like the physical element of it, of them yes. just in the bathtubs, but then it's also like, you know, Jackie Chan's character was reluctant to even drink at all. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like it's where they really bond to. <laughs> it's like cut forward, and he's like smashed, yeah. and they've bonded, and they've yeah. I guess forgiven each other for whatever's happened so prior, and they're in the same bath. Like when when, when <laughs> yeah. they when it cuts to them and they're in the same bathtub, like yes. again, like it's another smash cut forward, and it's like okay, these guys are having way too much fun. <laughs> it's so it's it, I die laughing every time. It's so it's like such a perfect like encapsulation. I think of what they're trying to capture in that relationship between these two guys. Um, I do also want to give a shout out to another really great scene, um, which is when they're in the jail cell together. And yep. they're like first really connecting, and yeah, he pees on the shirt, and then <laughs> does the bar, and it's the same line every time. Whenever Owen Wilson's going for it, and Jack Chen tries to like help him by putting his hand in his face, <laughs> Owen Wilson just goes, "No, no, no, not the hand, not the hand, not the face." Like it's like the way he delivers it is so like serious um, and so funny. I I love that scene. Yeah, I I wrote down bathtub, comma jail because I had the same yeah. two things that stu- yeah. stuck out for me because. That's the that's like the first time that uh, Owen Wilson's character is like, oh, like this guy is actually quite useful. Like he's got his own yeah. bag of tricks and things that you know he's bringing over from the east. It's not all just you're in our land now. Like what what can I learn from you? So I I had that one too. And as far as like the the fights, what, rewatching this, I was surprised that there weren't that they didn't do more to actually make use of Jackie's abilities as a stuntman. I think yeah. Rush Hour does does that a lot better, um, but when he gets the horseshoe and the rope, that is mm-hmm. the the probably the standout imagery of of him fighting in this movie. It's really um, cool. it's such a, a an amazing feat <laughs> to you know to do that, and the way that he wraps it around himself until it's in his hand. I could watch a GIF like a repeating of that just constantly because it's so cool yeah. it's so cool there's also that's also great because like it's real right and so you'll see in, like the blooper reel like him not yeah nail that right and get hit by the like the different like horseshoe instruments stuff like that um which always was what makes seeing jackie chan do the stuff that much cooler knowing like oh he really just did that shit. yeah i was a bit confused reading through like the trivia for this movie because it said that they had to use a heavy horseshoe for it to work as far as like mm-hmm. to have the weight to, to wrap properly and to move properly around his arm yeah um but then he it said in the same sentence like he was reluctant to use a real one in the fighting because he didn't want to hit someone with a real horseshoe so i don't know if that means that they 
compromised when it was actually going to hit someone or go near someone or sure. or what like it wasn't clear but um very thoughtful jackie <laughs> yeah. very thoughtful uh okay so what holds up the best i i just had like the chemistry between those two it's yeah. um pun not intended but it is a very much a yin and yang kind of situation between the two and that's i think it's it's really like taking the winning formula from rush hour and applying it to a a west a western basically and i I think that makes it fun i think it keeps the movie entertaining in between the fights especially uh but then also to have uh i guess owen wilson as the, the the one who is the confident one and he's like it's his home turf and it's his it's we're playing with his toys as far as like guns and horses and everything but he still finds a way to kind of fall upwards in that sense like mm-hmm. he kind of screws up yeah. a lot but then you know the fight at the end where he's got the one bullet versus the six oh bullets <laughs> that's another great scene gets shot, as well he gets yeah. shot through the robe and he's like i'm invincible like that's that's pretty funny um he, he's so good in this movie I, I, yeah. we can't say enough how great owen wilson is yes it is such a cool movie in a lot of ways but i think one of the most interesting might actually be the fact that these are two guys who each kind of either already at their peak in jackie chan's case or hidden it with this movie in owen wilson's case right like this is like you said earlier like his big breakout i think of just like him being awesome right and he's gonna go forth from here to do zoolander starsky and hutch which is phenomenal um right like all these kind of movies are gonna wedding crashes like he's gonna hit such a run um from like this point onwards and so it's interesting because both these guys are kind of hidden on all cylinders in this movie um and are in such a good era for their respective careers that like it's absolutely the chemistry between these two is what's the best part of the movie is like it holds up so well you know two decades later um they're each it feels like having so much fun with one another right and i Mm. think their chemistry is so good right like i think you see it in shanghai nights even more so where they have like a film already under their belt and they're just so seamless there. Um, but yeah, like I think what they do together constantly either just like makes you laugh or have a smile on your face. Um, yeah. Like they, they just nail it across the board. I think it's, I'm wondering now as we sit here, is it the first time that we saw Owen Wilson as the Owen Wilson character? Like he often, he's, you know, he's played lots of characters, but he's always wow. that kind of like, yeah you know, laid back, kind of chilled yeah. out guy. That's a who... really interesting question. Potentially, right? Because this would be before Zoolander. So yeah, like it mm. could have actually been the first one where he did kind of lay down this template. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a stretch to see this is as the same character as Hansel <laughs> almost, or the same character sure. as he is in Wedding Crashes. You or Starsky and Hutch. Or Starsky and Hutch. You know, it, it's the, you know, everybody just like come for a ride we're gonna have a good time we're gonna you know have good vibes and everything like it's it's just he's just that character in this movie and like i know what i'm doing just trust me and i think that um he's he's someone who you know he can play like he played behind enemy lines and draw bit taylor and these characters that were a bit different but you know he always comes back to you know back to base and he's this Mm -hmm. chilled out Texan, I guess. <laughs> he was in um, I, Armageddon too. That's true. A couple of years before he this. He sure was. <laughs> yeah. 
Armageddon's a, a really weird movie for like the different kind of paths all those guys take from oh, that yeah. point It's crazy. Michael Clark Duncan, Steve Buscemi, yeah. Affleck, Tyler, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yep. Yeah, that's um that's a movie. Oh, and I also forgot that like Billy Bob Thornton was in that movie until I rewatched it yeah. as well. Like, there's just <laughs> the cast right. is, is just crazy. Okay, so what holds up the worst in Shanghai Noon? I don't think a lot, right? Like, I think maybe the, I think maybe the weakest part of the movie is just the beginning, right? Like, we are in China for mm-hmm. very little of this movie. Um, it goes. It like, moves very quickly. Yeah, like, you basically get, like, here's this character, here's a princess, and the first meeting we see her have with anyone is the guy being like, let's leave China immediately, and they're like, yeah. okay, same night, let's go, and then we're out of China in, like, five minutes, and it's like, oh, okay, that happened very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I actually, like, looked away for a minute, or I was doing something else, and I had to be like, did I skip a scene where no. she, um, <laughs> yeah. where she is forcefully removed, because it's all quiet and he just like writes a letter the bad guy writes the letter and leaves the letter so there's no like audible cue that she's been kidnapped until they're like reading the ransom letter and it's a hundred thousand pieces of gold or or whatever because she doesn't even realize she's been kidnapped till she arrives yeah yeah which not that that's not a bad decision it just makes it happen even more subtly and quickly than yeah you kind of expect for that kind of a uh, um, plot point, but Hey, it gets us to where the action is in the West. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing, the section that I thought kind of held up the worst was the whole native American tribal section where Jackie Chan's character smokes the peace pipe, gets high, sleeps with the, the, the woman, chief's daughter. The, the, yeah. the chief's daughter who becomes his wife. Uh, I was like, I don't know if we necessarily needed that in there, but then again, she does keep reappearing as. That's like what the, I was gonna say. She's a, she, <laughs> she's, they, she's the Deus Ex. They machina. needed a Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had that thought just like today. I actually watched. I was like, man, like they really just needed a creative way to have someone keep coming in and save them, and to like, well, this is a fun way to do it, I guess. And I was like, I mean, yeah, it is a fun way to do it, I suppose. I'd rather this than like some other forced. Day sex machina, but like it definitely is very much that is what her role is in this movie. Yeah, I also wasn't sure about like cult if it was culturally accurate, appropriate, all of those things to to like the way that they did it, like with J- Jackie Chan wearing the face paint and like him marrying her the next day. Like I don't know if that's a thing that happens in that culture. It just seemed like almost caricaturish to the point that maybe some people might not appreciate that now. I'm sure that's probably the case, right? And I can't speak to any of that, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of that to it, right? Like, there's definitely elements of this movie where it's, like, you could argue they're skating a a line between, like, being funny and kind of spoofing something Mm -hmm. and also just being, like, maybe offensive. Um, And I think it's mostly around the depiction of Native Americans. Um, I'm obviously not a good judge to say how successfully they were at skating that line, but... It did at least lead to a really good line in the movie of, you know, married. How long have you been in America for? Four days. Nice. <laughs> um, and I really liked that. So I got a good laugh out of it at least, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it it kind of... The, the way that he married her so quickly, 
it, it makes for a weird scenario later in the movie too because yes. Owen Wilson's character is flirting with her constantly yeah. and then there's this weird tension between the princess and Jackie Chan's character yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I, I was so... I, I'm very big on like characters not having to have romance in a movie um, mm-hmm. even though that's like a selling point. I think the studios kind of force it into everything but I was like the big moment when he saves her, I'm like, they don't need to kiss. Please don't kiss. And they didn't, which was great. And they were a bit more subtle with it with like, I guess the princess Holt like takes his hand in the last scene. So there's like some intimacy there. But then how's Owen Wilson just like making out with Jackie Chan's wife? Like I know that they, they aren't really kind of properly married, I guess. And she just like kisses him almost... Uh, like it's, it's certainly her choice like she's choosing to do it and she's also the one that seemingly chose to marry uh, John Wayne so I, I just like was kind of like what's going on here like maybe I'm overthinking yeah. this but it was kind of like a bit messy as far as like what are they trying to say here <laughs> it is there's definitely an element of the this movie being they need to introduce her because she has to be deus ex machina. But like Jackie and Lucy Lee's character were always like had that kind of tension, like you said, pretty evident throughout the early movie and then the rest of the film. So that when they get to then it's like, all right, well we have four characters, two of them are men, two of them are women, <laughs> and this seems like a pretty natural way to like pair them off. The only issue being one of them's already married to one of these guys, yeah. and we want her to be with the other one instead. So just kind of be like, you know have them get married, and then basically the rest of the movie from that point onwards, there's never a moment where like the two of them are together again. It's always like her with Owen Wilson or her with both of them. Mm. Um, they kind of like push her away from Jackie and toward Owen. Um, I will say, if you watch the sequel, uh, it is alluded to that Jackie Chan's character and the princess are in some sort of a relationship okay. by the sequel when it takes place. So right. the canon has them end up together. I'm sure that they had that first marriage annulled then. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent was in that time. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I thought that was a bit kind of head scratching, but it's funny. So I guess you get away with it. You get away with it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the other question I had was who decided to make uh, Owen Wilson's character a lawman at the end of the movie? What, <laughs> what had he done to redeem himself to the extent of being this wanted criminal Robbing mm-hmm. trains, seemingly mm-hmm. like a career criminal, mm-hmm. you know, to, oh, you can be like the next sheriff, basically. So, I think two things. One, I actually think it's weirdly one of the most historically accurate parts of the film. Um, a lot of Old West, like Sheriff and Lawman, were just former cattle rustlers or outlaws um, that then were basically paid to protect the city instead of... Rob it. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's so, hey, actually pretty. Stop that's robbing pretty us. Historically we'll accurate. pay you exactly. to stop. We'll pay you to stop yeah. being a crook. <laughs> right, because who are the most? Who do you want to protect your town? Someone who's a great gunslinger. Right. What are gunslingers usually doing? Criminal stuff. Right. So it's like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but like we're gonna hire him to be a good guy instead, right? And so that's actually pretty historically accurate. Like even stuff like Wild Bill, right? Like his past was somewhat shady, maybe, but like we brought him on. Now he's the most like famous, you know, lawman. Um, so I think it's an element of that. And also it's an element of 
you know, he's a good guy at the end of the day, so we have to make him have, like, a good guy job now, and that's going to be sheriff of the town. Mm. I will say that they did kind of reveal his real name to be Wyatt Earp in that movie, Mm -hmm. who, Mm -hmm. as I researched this, was a a real-life gambler and lawman from from that era. You got to watch more Westerns. Uh, I do. There's a a great... (laughs) Great, 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 great Western called Tombstone with Val Kilmer and um, Goldie Hawn's husband, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, uh, that is, and a lot of other people, Sam Elliott, um, Billy Bob Thornton. That is about White Earp and the events at the OK Corral. There's, there's a ton of movies about White Earp. Yeah, here. I can it's see like, there's one here with Kevin Costner and Dennis Quay that's named after him that even. Yeah. That one's okay. Um, <laughs> to watch Tombstone if you're going to watch one. Um, yeah, I mean, Wyatt Earp, I would argue, is basically, like, the second most famous Western lawman of all time behind Wild Bill. Um, Wyatt Earp is, here's a little bit of fun Wild West history fact, on this is why you bring him on the podcast. Wyatt Earp, basically the only famous gunslinger from the Old West, like, almost literally the only one who lived to old age. Um, it was a very hard life to be a gunslinger, either for the law or for crime, um, and so White Up is one of the mm. only ones who actually made it to old age. Um, Wild Bill obviously famously did not. There you go. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> well, that takes us. Well, I mean, d- did you say what you think holds up the worst? Was there anything? Yeah, uh, this is the beginning of the movie, I guess. Yeah, like how quickly right. it moves along. Yeah, 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 sure. All right. The next question was who would be most offended? I think we touched on like. Native the quote-unquote Indians. Um, yeah. And that's pretty straightforward. Does this movie pass the internet relevancy test? I said no. Like, I can't really think of any lasting I- images, reactions that still get thrown about these days. I'm going to say no, but it should for the <laughs> bathtub scene. Let's there's bring so it much, back. There's so much potential for that scene to be used for things, I think. All right. We'll have to make that happen. Logan, we can do that. at least within our yeah. own community. Absolutely. We can make this happen. The next question is possibly completely irrelevant. How would modern <laughs> how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? I just wrote that it would be rush hour four if you introduced smartphones oh. and, and social media. Like it would just be okay. a modern film okay. and it would just be the next rush hour movie. I like that answer actually. I'm totally gonna just have that be the answer. I like that. They should do a rush rush hour four with Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson. And Chris Tucker. Three. They should just make a, I don't know, Shanghai Sunset, whatever, like the third movie in this. Give me a third Shanghai movie. I don't need another Rush Hour movie because Rush Hour 3 was sure. pretty rough. But give me a new Shanghai movie. Can Chris Maybe Tucker be, be in great. it? Can Chris Tucker be? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? I'll have Chris Tucker <laughs> and more things. There you go. All right. Well, could you make Shanghai Noon today? What would that version look like? I think The Rock is in it. Um, like we talked about, um, I think it's probably a mixture. Like the Rock is Owen Wilson, probably, okay. or or they get maybe like Charlie Day to be Owen Wilson's character, something like that. <laughs> um, and then in terms of who they have to be, like Jackie Chan's character, that's where it gets kind of funky. Like maybe they twist it to do like, oh, it's a Pacific Islander and it's the Rock. Um, maybe they have it be something like, I mean, Jet Li is too old now, I guess, too. He's sort of the same yeah, age as Jackie he's Chan. Very old. Um, so maybe they just have someone new be 
Henry Golden, right? Maybe be um, Jackie Chan's character. There's probably but it's sort someone of someone out there that we don't know about that could take on that mantle. I'm sure. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great actors who could definitely who do martial arts who could do yeah. it, right? But it's weird because, so I think it absolutely could be made nowadays. But it's weird because in some ways I think it couldn't because it is such a Jackie Chan movie that there isn't really a star from. Mm. China of the caliber of Jackie Chan in 2021 that isn't Jackie Chan, right? Like, even today, like, he's still the biggest known Chinese actor, right? Like, and the next closest guy would probably be Jet Li, who, again, wouldn't really fit, because Jet Li isn't really a comedian like Jackie Chan does, who can blend those genres so effortlessly. And so, in some ways, I think the reason it wouldn't be made today is because Jackie is so old, and we haven't really found a successor for him yet. Yeah, it's interesting. The cause of events that led to Jackie Chan being able to make that switch to to Hollywood really because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm no expert on like Hong Kong cinema or even like the Kung Fu movies but I'm guessing Love that Kong. there are probably multiple equivalents of Jackie Chan in that scene of, of guys that have reached the same level in that market but never tried to or never were able to come over uh and i mean do you have an answer to that first of all yeah i mean i think i mean jackie chan was huge and like it's sort of like my answer to that is yeah there are other guys out there who are also great and talented and super popular Mm -hmm. in like hong kong cinema and like kung fu cinema but even from the start jackie was such a you know i think force of nature right like he just had something to him i think right and i think one of the big elements was the fact that he was able to do comedy so well right even in hong kong like his movie stood out for being so funny and also having really great scenes and he carried that with him into hollywood and so i think being able to kind of marry those Mm. two concepts kind of helped make him unique and then the fact that he is a world-class martial artist right like he literally invented his own form of fighting um, like he is like a tr- like a truly legitimately great martial artist, right? And so there's that element as well that he is just very good at what he does. Sure. Um, and then the fact that Jackie Chan is just really charming and funny, and so I think there are other people who could have been Jackie Chan in terms of like being a big star in the West, but not in the way that I think he became a big star. Yeah, it's it's interesting to like to not be in that more niche world of of kung fu cinema and just like mm-hmm. only consuming the ones that make it to hollywood so you know yeah the the stuff like the jackie chan movies basically mm-hmm. and and to see like you know i watched the youtube channel corridor crew who break down like yeah. uh, digital effects and sometimes they'll have stunt men and stunt women come on and they'll break down stunts in movies and it's th- through watching that that i realized oh there's this whole world of um films that are made around basically stunt men and stunt women mm-hmm. who can do a bit of acting like it's not so important that they're great actors as much as they can do these stunts yeah and it's almost like the poor man's jackie chan so to speak so mm. th- these movies are still getting made and they might be absolutely not releasing at the cinema or they might go straight to streaming or they might go they might have gone straight to dvd like pre netflix they definitely did but um it's still there for people that are are fans of that and i guess they just haven't been able to find a star to 
kind of make them profitable the way that Jackie was able to. So I find that interesting. Um, it's almost like Hollywood itself is like, oh, we'll just teach our actors, like we'll teach Keanu Reeves to do Kung Fu rather than have a lead who's like coming from the Kung Fu world. You know what I mean? I think there is an element of that. I also think there's an element of, that we touched at the beginning of the episode, there was such a zeitgeist, right? Throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s for like Kung Fu movies, right? In large part, shepherded by Jackie Chan's success. Because like the Jackie Chan became big in America because his Hong Kong movies were shown in America dubbed mm. and they were very popular, right? And so that's what led to like Rumble in the Bronx happening, which is like this big kind of break crossover hit, right? And so it was because his movies were so popular to begin with that he got brought over, right? And so there's so many weird things that went his way um, that led to him being so big. And nowadays... It's funny because I feel like the world is smaller than it was 30 years ago, right? When Jackie kind of really got started 40 years ago, if you want to go back to like Hong Kong cinema. Um, but it's also, I feel like, more fragmented in some ways, right? Like Hollywood is kind of doing its thing, right? And then you have like Asian cinema doing its thing, right? And Bollywood doing its thing, right? And like British cinema kind of doing yeah. its thing. Like it's allowed kind of local markets to really kind of flourish within their own things and kind of export that globally. But in doing that, I feel like there's been less people who have kind of crossed over from one yeah. to go into Hollywood and then becoming big. Like used to be back in like the eighties with Arnold Schwarzenegger or nineties and two thousands. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it, it almost goes like you can see it through the movies that he's doing that are funded by China. Therefore they're marketed mm -hmm. to China and there's even these combinations of things that are half, you know, funded by China and half by some studio in the US. And so it might have like a, a, a Western lead, but it's still yeah. half targeted towards the Chinese market. And then you have things like um, Squid Game and you have like yeah. South, South Korea putting out their own stuff Parasite. and starting yeah. to build... Like, yeah, Parasite is a good example. Like, they're starting to show that their stuff can cross over and mm -hmm. be popular. And then, uh, what's the one on the train? Uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Like, that's another example of something that came completely out of an Asian market, but it was starring all these Western Western talent from, from Hollywood and everything. So, yeah, it is interesting that they can exist just within that market. They can decide to kind of put a foot in both camps or yeah. or target it one way or an another. So, yeah, I wonder if it will be just a matter of time until the next Jackie comes along or if it just doesn't ever happen again and it's just really just the, the one-off the one -off really because, mm -hmm. you know, say what you will about Jet Li and Bruce Lee and all these other stars who have made a name for themselves they've never hit the probably i would say like box office draw that jackie chan mm. had and for sure the way yeah, that he was sure the way that he was able yeah. to be more accessible funny like charismatic without necessarily having to um it's not like jackie chan is like 100 percent fluent english speaker like he has a, an accent he you see the outtakes at the end of this movie where he's kind of like 
he says dentist instead of some other word and you're like yeah that's that's totally not the right word but it's mm. it adds to his charm and yeah. his charisma the fact that he is speaking a second language there yeah yeah i mean i i 100 agree and, and it's interesting to bring in bruce lee because you see that evolution from bruce lee who was kind of the first big star from china mm-hmm. and then who also you know jackie got one of his early like film roles just like as like a character in like the back in a bruce lee movie right and then once jackie chan started getting big in hong kong he was dubbed the next bruce lee a title he has always hated right because yeah. he <laughs> thinks it's impossible to compare like that's the thing too with jackie like him being so humble he thinks he can ever be as good as bruce lee even when he's 65 now despite what he's done right and so i think you know that paved the way for jackie I think in terms of like opening the door, but he came in like a bull in a china shop and just blew past that door. Right. And just did something really unprecedented in terms of coming, coming from under mm. the market. Right. Like in terms of like international stars who made an impact at the box office, right. Like I would, the first that come to my mind are Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger, right. Who just like took the opportunity they had and ran with it. Um, and who each, like you said, never, fully shook their accents right like mm-hmm. um especially in arnold's case um <laughs> and then and neither neither started off with aspirations to be actors either yeah right that's a great way to look at it too 100 percent. yeah it, it's great to see like the reverence that stunt people still have for jackie now it's jackie um Chan's it's awesome friend. all right it's time for the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi a real spark plug it has to be Walter Goggins. It has to be Goggins, I think. There's not really anyone else that comes close to like the the way that he steps on the screen and <laughs> is just hilarious in his over-the-top performance for every every line that he squeaks out. I think I agree. I will give a shout-out to the villain of the movie. is mm-hmm. also really great um, in his like few appearances that he kind of makes sporadically throughout the film. Um, but... Walter Goggins, I'm, I have been a fan of probably since Shanghai Noon. This is probably what I first <laughs> saw him in. I mean, he's been great in a lot of film roles and TV roles since then. He's a very, very good actor. Yeah. Yeah, there's almost like no one else to mention. Like we have, I guess. There's basically like six people in the cast. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty small cast. There's, yeah. a, there's a few of the, the smaller role, like the guy that, that thinks that they're Jews. And then there's, yeah, you know, the the emperor and like the emperor's like soldiers or whatever you would call them uh the like the 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 prostitutes i guess like there's just like a really like like you said there's there's probably six characters who have more than (laughs) two lines who have a name even like jackie chan's character's wife i think she doesn't talk until the end of the movie yeah, she has she one doesn't. line. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was her only film role to this day. So I know I looked at it, and she didn't even have a Wikipedia page, and I was like, "Damn, okay, well, that would yeah. do it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's an easy win for Goggins to me. Yeah, but uh, congrats, Goggins. Sounds like a Hobbit. It does sound like. A Hobbit, dude. <laughs> Is Shanghai Noon still a good movie? It's the last question. Easy, yes. Easy, yes. Absolutely. This movie's. Still so good. I watched it. I actually had just watched it last year as well because um, okay. Shravya had never seen it. And I was like, it's fantastic. And I had so much fun with it last year when I watched it. I had too much fun with it again this year. Uh, it definitely holds up so, so well. Yeah, I hadn't watched it for poor, 
at least 15 years, I reckon. Too long. It was too long. And I didn't remember any scenes until they were starting to happen. And then I was like, okay, I know how the rest of this scene plays out. I know how the rest of this scene plays out. And it also just makes me wonder, have I seen Shanghai Nights at all? And if I haven't... I hope so then I will be doing that with this podcast and getting you back on at some point. Because I, that- Shang- I actually like Shanghai Nights more than Shanghai Noon. I love oh. Shanghai Nights. That movie's so good. Okay, okay. Well, stay tuned for that, dear listeners. Uh, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get a Rush Hour 2 appearance Ooh. in there too. Um, Rush Hour 2 is my favorite movie of all of Jackie Chan's Western um, movies. Fun okay. fact. You're giving me some options here, Logan. It's good. <laughs> giving you too many choices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would say if you haven't watched Shanghai Noon for a long time, or if, or if you've never seen it, it's easy to recommend it either way. Like some movies that we do on this podcast, it's only like a one or the other. Like if you've never seen it, then probably wouldn't recommend it. Or if you've seen it like a bunch of times and always liked it, then it's going to be good to come back to. But in this case, whether you've seen it or not, like this movie, there's nothing about this that makes it feel old. Um, it, the pacing's quite good aside from like... Yeah, the, it goes really quick, yeah. Yeah, aside from like the weird beginning where it's just like we're, now we're in um, Texas or wherever, uh, mm-hmm. the West. Yeah, it, it's um, it's an easy watch. The action always keeps things moving. The, the humor yes. is great. The performance is good. You get the feel-good moments between... Owen Wilson growing a heart and learning he doesn't have to be a greed, gold-hungry convict. He can actually Mm -hmm. be a good guy. And it it, it all comes full circle in the end with the two of them together. And it's just that that feel-good comedy that I guess that era is probably known for as well. Known for, yeah. Agreed. All right, well, that is it, dear listeners. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet for some reason. What are you waiting for? Subscribe, share it with your friends. You can grab your 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net. There's a lot of cool designs there. Merch. Including a Comedy Rewind-inspired T-shirt with a Sony VHS throwback design. Mm -hmm. If you really want to support what we're doing, you can head over to the Ko-fi page. That's ko-fi.com slash weare8bit few dollars a month or even one dollar a month will get you some kind of some level of like goodies or access to going into a draw to win said goodies we've got the 8-bit founders kind we've got the 8-bit family portrait so you can be uh, immortalized as a star wars character of your choice if you're able to get in on that before time runs out uh, reviews are obviously a great way to help us out too so leave those five stars in Podchaser or apple podcasts and Logan, uh, what have you been up to in the content world lately? What can people keep an eye out for? Yeah, you can go check everything out over at thatnerdysite.com. Um, we had, I mean, this is a little back there, but we had done a summer of Star Wars. Where we went through every Star Wars film, including the standalone ones and the Clone Wars animated film. Um, that was a lot of fun to do um, and um, enjoyed the guys. You can also go check out that D Plus show that goes weekly, that news you care about, the weekly video game news show, um, as well as that new site. Um, and then as a little tease as well, um, we will be in the new year um, doing a big, long, epic rewatch of all of the James Bond films. Um, I will be hosting that alongside Trevor and some occasional guests, I'm sure. 
Um, I am very, extremely excited for that. Uh, James Bond is my favorite film series along with Star Wars. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited to do that in the new year. That sounds that sounds really interesting. It's um, I'm never quite sure how Bond resonates with the U.S. audience, being the you know classic British series. It's big over here. I know it's big in Europe, and there seems to be like a few people in the states who had missed or it didn't quite hit on their radar for whatever reason. So I'm glad that you're a fan, and I'm glad that you're going to be breaking that down for everyone out there. I love you. It is some of my earliest film. I've, I've been watching Jim Bond since I was five years old. Um, so I, <laughs> since I've way too young. Like, exactly. But you know what? It hooked me. To be fair, it worked. Um, yeah, but I'm very excited for that. Very good. Look forward to that. Uh, you can find me on the social medias at Johnny himself. You can find Logan at Lefty Logie or Lefty Logie, depending on which part of the world you come from. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and dear listeners, we want to thank you again for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind.